welcome to another great episode of Dream Business Radio. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and this is the podcast where you learn how to create your dream business so you, too, can live your dream lifestyle. By the way, I say you, too, because you are learning from somebody who has done what he teaches. I have created multiple six-figure businesses, and I do currently live my dream lifestyle above my boat with my my uh, my wife, Stephanie, and our dog, Blue, and uh, I was just telling our guests we're currently in Rhode Island getting ready to start heading down to Florida here as the weather gets a little chillier. I'm the founder and creator of the Dream Business Academy and the Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. I coach entrepreneurs and small business owners at all levels how to build a business of their dreams so they, too, can live life on their terms. Today's episode is brought to you by Dream Business Academy. It's a three-day live event taking place, well, the one coming up, and not sure when this show will air, but uh, September 27th, 28th, and 29th. It's a marketing and business building event. You'll learn exactly how I did it, how I created my dream business. I'm going to teach you my million-dollar platform. Learn more at Dream Biz Academy, Dream B-I-Z Academy. Use the coupon code PODCAST and get $100 off your registration. As I said, I'm really excited about this week's show. I get to interview another coach, someone who pretty much does what I do, and which is, as, as a side note, some people go, why do you do that, Jim? Because I'm a big thinker. It's a big pie. <laughs> if I thought I could serve as many people as all my competitors, my biggest problem would be my ego. So I like learning from others, <laughs> and it's a, uh, it's a big planet. So let me introduce my guest, Willard Barth. He is a number one best-selling author, international speaker, business consultant, coach, and trainer. Willard has gone from a life of total devastation to becoming one of the leading consultants in his field. How you may ask. Well, that's what you're going to about to learn in this interview. His system and his book, The Anatomy of Transformation, is the result of more than 27 years that he spent working with and observing tens of thousands of individuals and Willard Barth is the founder of Willard Barth Enterprises. He's been involved in the development of numerous businesses in various industries. And what he has discovered is that from small startups to multinational corporations, for a business to be successful, they all follow a repetitive cycle, which he labels the anatomy of transformation. Willard, how are you doing today? Thanks so much for being my guest. I'm doing excellent, Jim. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. I love talking with other coaches, so I can uh, maybe compare a few notes and see see what's working for you. And and um, but so congratulations on your book, the the anatomy of transformation. When when did uh, when did you release that book? Uh, we released the the digital version of it uh, June thirteenth, and then uh, actually just released the physical version uh, this past Monday. Yeah, just uh, not not as in yesterday. Sorry, a week ago Monday. So uh, wow, it's it's uh, it's been it's been exciting. Uh, a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, I like you love to also speak to other coaches, consultants because it's really about uh, brainstorming and learning what we each do that we can carry on to help our our clients get their results. So it's an honor to be on your show. Greatly appreciate it. Sure. So tell me, um, are you the first entrepreneur in your family, or did you have some entrepreneurial DNA that kind of had you go that way? No, I actually was the first entrepreneur uh, in my family. Um, I grew up in a we – we were talking uh, before we started uh, in a remote part of Pennsylvania where you know, I grew up where factory workers' kids became factory workers, contractors' kids became contractors. Uh, my mother was a nurse. Uh, all of my uncles were either factory workers or, or construction workers. 
Uh, and I was kind of the black sheep where I started out with wanting to be a musician and then uh, went into the entrepreneurial world. So um, I ent- when I was reading your intro, it said uh, it's the result of 27 years spent working with and observing. Now, I don't know about your picture that I'm, that I'm seeing because you and I haven't met. Is that a current uh, picture? Because you look pretty young. Uh, thank you. Yeah, another good thing for my family is good genes. Yeah, that is a current picture. Uh, actually, just was taken right around the same time that we did the digital release. Uh, I'm 52 years old, and uh, you know it's 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 been it's been a journey. I, I started my first business when I was 19. The the 27 years though was really where I had hit a low point in my in my life and needed to really transform myself. And uh, you know that's where that's where that whole journey started at. So um, I'm 59, by the way, and and one of the reasons I shared that we're uh, our floating home is in uh, Rhode Island, so I could be near our, our two two of our three grandkids. And I was walking my four-year-old grandson Nathan uh, in the parking lot as we were walking our dog, and somebody said, "Oh, is this your son? <laughs> He's my grandson." So I have a uh, I have a youthful look myself. So uh, anyway, let's dive right in. What led to the development of the anatomy of transformation? It's quite a quite a catchy title. Thank you. It, it actually came from a conversation with one of my mentors, uh, who is also a coach. Uh, being a coach, I actually have multiple coaches myself and, and uh, people that I work with. And he was, uh, we, we were talking about the fact that I had come off the road for about five years to take care of my elderly mother. So I couldn't really be out traveling and speaking. And I wanted to get back out on the road, but I wanted to have a new topic. I didn't want to just be kind of repackaging what I had done before. And he asked me, he said, you know, Willard, there's a lot of people who have overcome losing a leg to cancer and overcome drug and alcohol addiction and overcome abuse and overcome being a quarter of a million dollars in debt and overcome being in jail and overcome, you know, he he listed these things. He goes, but there's not a lot of people who have overcome all of them and who has made a life of helping other people transform their lives and their businesses. And he said, you know, what, what were the organizing principles? What was, the, what was the, the system that you used to be able to overcome all those things and that you teach your, teach your clients? And that's really where the thought process started of going, you know, there, there has to have been something I was doing either consciously or unconsciously that's allowed me to make those transformations and also guide other people through them. And that's, uh, that's what led to this framework, this system, the anatomy of transformation. That's great. You know, um, uh, most of my listeners know my backstory by now, but I know you and I just met, so I'll give you the super short version. So when I, when I was 41, um, I lost my job. I was VP of marketing, and I was unemployed for 15 months, which totally crushed my confidence, my self-esteem, not to mention wrecked our finances. And um, and just for good measure, 12 months into that 15-month journey, I was diagnosed with stage 2 cancer, so <laughs> I was oh. a pretty low point. And uh, the only real job prospect I had was literally the end of August 2001. And right before I went in for my surgery, when I was recovering at home on the couch is when I saw September 11th happen, like so many people, and that job went away. And that's when I decided, man, sometimes you get to the lowest point in your life and and you realize, well, I can't go any lower, so I I better start climbing up. And that's when I launched my first business. So I totally get – I really – so do you – mostly work are are people i think we're i think people are drawn to us based on who we are and and things like that so do you do you um 
are you really drawn to people who don't just say, hey, I want to start a business, but they have overcome something in their past like you were just describing? Um, yeah, I, I believe that that our story, you know, and, and thank you for sharing yours and congratulations on, on uh on overcoming those things. I believe that people are drawn to us because they resonate with our story. I mean, I have had people um, respond to some work that I've put out in the past who say, you know what, I've been to a Tony Robbins seminar, I've, I've gone to Wayne Dyer's type of stuff, but I didn't get it until you shared it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm any better at sharing it than Tony or Wayne are. It just, my experience has been because we've walked the same path we get that that rapport that's generated by, um, you know, like-minded, like-spirited people who have gone through those same challenges, and it's easier to connect, you know, to to go, okay, this guy's not just talking the talk, he's walked the walk. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I attract a lot of people. They may not have gone through as as traumatic of things, but they're going through their own things that are traumatic for them that allows them to connect and resonate with uh, with what I teach. Does the anatomy of trans – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, do you, do you recognize the same in, in your business also? Oh, most definitely. Um, when I'm – so, you know, I mentioned my live event, Dream Business Academy, which is coming up here in about a month. When I, I started – so I'm doing my seventh one, and when I did the very first one about three years ago out in Las Vegas – um, I, I really wanted to do something different from all the other live events where just one speaker after another telling that I was born under a bridge and I somehow managed to become a multimillionaire and for $2,000, here's how you could do it too. Right. I, so I started sharing you know, my entire backstory. And there was a moment when I started talking about, you know, I, I had like 140000 of credit card debt keeping my family afloat. I mean, it was really scary times. And, and I started sharing all of this. And I got to be honest, I'm, I'm a pretty decent public speaker, but I felt my voice getting a little tight. And I said, damn, where are these nerves coming from? I haven't felt those in a while, right? And yep. when I looked out, I looked out in the audience, Willard, and I saw um, two grown men like with tears in their eyes. And I took a break after that session and they came outside individually and said, thank you for sharing that. I am right now where you were, you know, a few years ago. And and then I've I've since expanded that and I've opened up even more, kind of pulled back the curtain. And I think when you go through crap in your life, I, one of the reasons is I think we grow and we become stronger for it if if that's what we're determined to do. But I also think it's because I think we all have a gift and I think there's something we can do to help each other. And and sharing your backstory in a very transparent way is is a great way to connect with people. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So so the anatomy of transformation, is that something that is applied to both personal and professional transformations? Do you work mostly with entrepreneurs or do you also work with people who are, you know, not small business owners? Uh, the anatomy of transformation itself is a system that overlays um, business and personal transformations. You can use it in health. You can use it in finances. Uh, it's really, again, my mentor and I, when we were talking, one of the things that he also pointed out was that people are looking for systems. They're not looking for concepts. You know, concepts are great, but people want to know, how do I actually plug this in and make this work? 
So I looked at, again, my own personal life, the areas that I, that I overcame the challenges in, and then the businesses I was working with, and, and really recognized that there are the, – the anatomy of transformation itself is based on three modules, uh, and the first one being what I call the seven phases of transformation. And whether it was somebody who was, uh, you know, getting healthy or whether it was somebody who was growing a business or turning around a business – this this framework of transformation was present everywhere, and I actually even looked at one of our one of our biggest uh, clients that my team was working with, where it it the anatomy of transformation these seven phases came into play with everybody from the CEO to the receptionist to the process maps of the business itself, and it really is this this transition of going from where you are to where you want to be. So a quick highlight of it, I'll, I'll do the speed reader's version of the seven phases. Every one of us starts at a, at a place of ignorance where we don't know what we need to do. Whether you're just becoming an entrepreneur, you don't know, you know how to set up your business entity, you don't know what the right financial structure for it should be, you don't even know where to outsource you know, some, of your, some of your manufacturing to or whether you're going to manufacture it yourself. We all start in a place of not knowing. And then there becomes phase two, awareness. Awareness means we have a conversation with somebody else who opens us up to new possibilities, or we struggle enough on our own that we finally get to a pain point that says, okay, I'm not doing this the right way, and we become aware that we need to change. Awareness phase two does not mean we're going to ultimately lead to transformation. For many people, awareness becomes their story and their excuse, and that's where they get hung up and stuck at. You know, they say, well, I can't start my business because I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I don't have the knowledge. But when you move to phase three, which is taking responsibility, now you start actually picking up the momentum to make the transformation. And when I, when I talk about taking responsibility, number one, it's taking responsibility for where you are. Going, you know, if I'm not happy with things in my life, I've got to take responsibility that I'm the one who made the choices and took the actions to get me here. I have to stop blaming my parents. I have to stop blaming the economy. I have to stop blaming other people. I have to recognize that even if it was something that seemed to be out of my control, losing my leg to cancer was out of my control, but I was responsible for what I did after that. I was responsible for whether I turned into a victim or whether I turned into somebody who is going to move forward and overcome this challenge that happened. And when we take responsibility for how we've gotten to where we are, now we're empowered to take responsibility for where we want to go. We actually now can, can begin to design the life that we desire. We can create our dream business. Um, phase four is what I call immersion. You know, it's where you really make the decision and you commit to making the transformation. You're not just going to try. It's not just something you should do, but you really immerse yourself fully in the journey and say, I am doing this and nothing's going to stop me. Then when you get into phase four, you move into what I call phase five, interdependence, meaning you can learn through the school of trial and error, but it's going to cost you an awful lot. It helps you make the transformation a lot more when you stand on the shoulders of people who've gone before you, when you learn from their mistakes, when you find mentors, 
when you sit down and have conversations with people who, you know, who have walked the walk and can help you miss the, the major mistakes on that path. As you go through interdependence, you start taking all these lessons you learn from people and meld that into what now becomes phase six I call ownership. Now it's yours. You have taken a little bit, you know, I've taken a little bit from you, Jim, and I've taken from Tony Robbins, and I've taken from Wayne Dyer, and I've taken from, you know, Deepak, all these different people. I've taken from people whose names you'll never hear of, but they sat down and had a cup of coffee with me and gave me these great insights, and all of a sudden it becomes my own. It becomes my identity. And when I've reached that level of ownership, I automatically move to what, what I call phase seven, which is influence. Doesn't mean I have to become a teacher, doesn't mean I have to become a speaker or a seminar leader, but just because I've made that transformation myself, now I can inspire and influence other people to make transformation. And again, this is if, if it's in your health, you know, you're going along until you, you reach a point where you you discover that the way you've been treating your body and treating your health is not serving you. You become aware, then you take responsibility. So it's it's business and it's personal. The framework and the system is the same. It's the strategies that you plug into it that make the difference of whether it's business or personal. I'm curious at what point I realized we're spanning a, a pretty long career, like 27 years if I remember right. What, mm -hmm. At what point did it start dawning on you that, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of similarities there. Like when did you start putting all the pieces together and, and realize, you know, the, the, the uh, modules and everything, there were so many similarities. It didn't, again, whether it was cancer, un unemployment, or, or, you know, divorce, or incarceration, whatever. When did you start realizing that? You know, a, a lot of it I had been doing unconsciously. I didn't even realize that I was going through these phases until my mentor challenged me to, to look at it from that perspective. Um, I was getting the results by applying these other approaches that I was learning from other people, but to actually put it together as a framework, that happened about three years ago where, where I was challenged by, by my mentor to, to break it down and go, okay, lay this out for people as a system of how you've overcome these things and how you've helped your clients overcome things. Mm. So cool. Um what can someone expect to achieve by if applying these principles? And I said, and I, I want to have a part B. How long does something like this take? Knowing full well it's going to be different for different people, but what's an average transformation look like, Willard? That's a great question, and, and, and it does – it is different for different people. I mean, one one of the great success stories that uh, that we have is that company I was just talking about. They had been in business for 30 years. And uh, the owner of the company was living his dream. He was actually living in Europe uh, because he wanted his kids to go to school there. The company had about 15 employees, and they were doing $32 million in revenue. So for most people, very successful, very happy company. Um, challenge was, though, he came back for a manager's meeting one year for their annual meeting and found out that, you know, there were some guys who were looking at moving on because they weren't challenged and they weren't happy. So he moved to that place of awareness of recognizing that, you know, his company could be in trouble if these guys left and needed to sit down and find out where they wanted to go. Now, in 18 months, a little bit over 18 months, this was 
applying the anatomy of transformation in every department of the company. I mean, we worked their business process maps. We reworked their sales process maps. We reworked their organizational chart. We, we worked with, uh, you know, every member of their team. We were doing group coaching with them, and we were doing individual coaching with them to help the team bring this transformation that the company wanted. And in 18 months, they ended up growing from 15 employees to, I think it was 63, uh, and they grew from 32 million in revenue to 124 million in revenue. Um, so 18 months, they were able to make tremendous, tremendous transformations. Um, yeah, I think the, 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 the biggest part, the part that takes the most time, really is the interdependence. How, how committed are people to really getting out there and learning from others and applying what they learned? You know, knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. So you can learn from a bunch of people, but until you go out there and you start putting it into application, the transformation doesn't take place. You know, there are many people, many people who go out and study um, different approaches to health and weight loss, but they spend so much time studying, they don't spend time applying. Those who apply, I've seen people get tremendous results in their health and in their transformation in a matter of a few months, and other people, you know, it takes a year or two for them to get there. So it really is a question of when are they ready to put put what they've learned into application. You know, talking about ownership, one of the things that I teach a lot is uh, when you when you finally own, uh, or maybe realize, but I, I think this applies to ownership, when you realize that the goal that you want to achieve is more and more important than how you get there and you being the smartest cat on the block yeah. that comes up with every idea to get you there. In other words, if you would finally put your ego in the drawer, and realize that just because you heard a great idea over here from somebody in a mastermind group or whatever, doesn't mean you have to, like, bend it and twist it and reshape it just to make it your own. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> that was a big turning point for me personally when I, you know, because I, hey, I'm a businessman and blah, 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 and blah. But you know what? When I just started applying other people's ideas and things that were clearly working well for other folks, other industries, and just made it work for my own, I became much more involved with, oh, my God, I'm actually really getting – Going, growing faster, I'm getting closer to what I wanted to achieve, and I think it was letting go that, that really enabled me to do that. Hey, you know, it's a great distinction. In the book, there's a section where I talk about modeling excellence, meaning finding somebody who's getting the results that you want, modeling them so you can get those same results. And, you know, I, I get pushback from people sometimes of people going, well, I don't want to do it the way that Jim does it because I'm my own person. I'm not Jim. And I say, you know what, I 100% respect that. And if Jim has spent 10 years mastering how to get that result, you want to follow his recipe for success to the letter until you get the result. Then after you've got the result, now you can make it yours. Now you can play with it because now when you start making the adjustments, you're going to have benchmarks and KPIs that are going to let you know, hey, you know what, because I'm doing this, I'm going off track. I need to go back and follow Jim's recipe a little bit closer. You need to get the results first by following that person's lead, by following their experience. Otherwise, you're just throwing yourself back into the school of trial and error and, and, and you know, getting the bumps from the school of hard knocks. You know, I, one of the ways I learned that, uh, Willard, was many, many moons ago, uh, I was involved with a, uh, a national franchise, and um, I hired this consultant once, which was going to help us with our marketing and blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm shortening the story, and it's it's not 100%, but it's the 
lessons through. He basically said, do this, do that, and the other thing, like three things. I said, you know, in reality, what what I did is I did all of number one, I did half of number two, and I didn't think number three applied to our business. And then he came back, you know, a few months later, and I said, this didn't work. I paid all you all this money. He goes, well, I'll tell you why it doesn't work. Is is He basically told the story of a perfect cake or perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe. And he said, you substituted salt for sugar. You didn't put enough oil or milk or whatever, and you used blah, blah, blah. He says, you didn't follow my recipe at all. <laughs> yep. And that was such a lesson because, you know, I I probably spent 20 grand on this consultant of course the owner wanted to know hey what'd you get for 20 grand <laughs> nothing and in reality it was because i was i was too consumed and thought i knew better and um so that was one of those one of those uh hard-fought lessons actually it's true and and, and again I, I use that same analogy with uh with people when i'm teaching that area it's you know the only thing that's going to prevent somebody from becoming successful from learning from another person's experience. The only thing that's going to prevent you from transitioning through those seven phases of transformation are your fears and your limiting beliefs. You know, fear will, will prevent you from taking action, and those limiting beliefs will end up having you do exactly what – I've done it too. I'm guilty of it also where I've been giving that award-winning recipe, but I get to step three and go, ah, you know what, that's Jim's personality, but that's not the way I do it. Let me do it this way. And all of a sudden, like you just said, I'm using salt instead of sugar rather than stretching myself to become more of the person I need to be. You know, that, that's another thing about goals I think people get confused on. They think it's about achieving the goal, and the reality is it's not about the goal. It's about who you have to become along the way to actually achieve that goal. You know, who do you have to become as a leader? Who do you have to become as a communicator? Who do you have to become as a student? And, uh, you know, the, the, it's more about the journey than the, than the end outcome. Absolutely. So um, the clock is really running fast. So I'm, I'm almost out of time, but I want to squeeze in one more question from you, Willard. Is there, you know, I believe there, like if somebody wants to uh, lose weight, I think it's really important that, that very quickly they even lose even a quarter or a half a pound because that gives them a little more courage to keep going. Are there any sure. things, are there any uh, steps? that you think might be considered small incremental steps that would yield bigger results to, you know, again, give people the courage to keep, keep pushing forward. Not, not everything has to be, you know, six months or a year out, right? Are there anything right. along, are there, is there anything along the transformation path that might be a little quicker? Well, I, I think we need to celebrate every win along the way. You know, I said there were three modules. The second module is what I call the three cornerstones of change. And that's about being honest, open-minded and vulnerable and that we need to celebrate all of those wins. When we're, when we're really taking that step to move in that direction, like you said, whether it's a quarter of a pound, celebrate it because we, we were doing and being the person we needed to be to achieve those things. You know, and as we, as we start making those little, little steps, every, every one of them, stacks on top of each other to get us to where we want to be. You're right. It doesn't have to take six months to a year to make transformations. It, that's why the, the, it's, it's kind of hard to put a timeline on it. It's what are you looking to transform? But absolutely celebrate every, every win. And, and even after you've achieved the outcome and you've transformed your life, remember that to, to celebrate the person you've become because that took work for you to get there. 
and we, we need to hold on to that and, and recognize every time that we do that repetitive part of, you know, having a business conversation where we're in integrity and we are, you know, we are looking for the win-win situation. Celebrate that we did that. Even if it's a part of our daily life now, it may not have always been. Exactly. Well, Royal, this has been a really uh, fun conversation. I knew it would be that way. I would love to have you back sometime if, if you're open to that. Oh, I, w- I would be honored. It was great, and you're right. The time flew by. I would love to come back, Jim. It's been, been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Dream Business Radio. Thank you to Dream Business Academy for sponsoring our show. Again, you get $100 off the current early registration discount at Dream Biz Academy, dreambizacademy.com. My name is Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach, and you come back this time next week for another great show. Until then, you take good care. 